girlfriends welcome to another episode of girlfriends and goals we're your hosts miosha and samaria this podcast is a space where we'll talk about friendships life goals a little bit of pop culture and all things womanhood on today's episode we have a guest with us who's going to discuss her experiencing raising only one child uh, we definitely have a good episode in store for you guys so if you are watching this on youtube make sure to give this a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and write a review all right, before we get into today's topic, I want to take a moment to introduce our special guest for today, Angela. Welcome to the Girlfriends and Goals podcast. Thank you. <laughs> yes, Angela is a friend of the podcast, really like family at this point. She's been a huge blessing in my family's life, and I'm just so excited that you're here. Oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> 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 all right let's get into today's topic as you all have seen from the title which is I'm one and done and parenting an only child and so Angela if you could just share a little bit about yourself just to orient the audience okay um yes so I am I've been married to my husband for almost eight years um we've been together off and on for about 15 years Okay. <laughs> um, and I have a 10 year old daughter. Nice. Okay. That's a good, fun age. Um, <laughs> I don't have kids. I have nieces, but it seems to be a fun age as an aunt. I don't know about a mom. So I guess we'll find out more about that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, she's basically like a small adult, so I'm good with it. Yep. Yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> every time I see parents with older, big kids around that age, I'm like, man, those must be the years because it's tough out here in these toddler streets. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, let's do this. So before getting pregnant with your daughter, did you have any thoughts on like how many children you wanted or thought you should have? Um, yes. So to be honest, like I always knew I wanted to be a mom probably ever since middle school, like I had my, my kids names picked out, like I was ready. Um, and so I thought the perfect family, you know, the nuclear family was like one son, one daughter and the parents. Um, that's how that's the family I was raised in. So I thought that that would also be me in the future. It didn't turn out that way. But that's what I grew up thinking. <laughs> and then just just like a, a follow up to that. What do you think influenced how you um, like felt about it? Um, definitely just my own family. So it's like I have a, a younger brother and then both my parents. So I kind of thought that that was like, I don't know about the right way of doing things, but yeah. that's what I thought I was on track to do. So that's definitely what I thought my family would look like in the future. Gotcha. Okay. And then since we have another mom here, I do kind of want to find out for you, like Miosha, what were your thoughts before having your son? Um, did you think about how many you wanted to have and what things influenced that number for you? 
Yeah. So I feel like my experience was the opposite. Uh, I did grow up having a sister. So it was two of us. But one of the influences was my mom had a preschool or daycare. And so I spent a lot of time around children. And from a young age, I feel like I got a very real raw experience of just how much goes into raising and caregiving for children. So for me, that was one of the first big impacts. And then the second, I think, was for a significant portion of my childhood, my mom was a single mom. And so seeing her go through motherhood independently, uh, my biological dad not being there, I think definitely impacted what I thought about one, having kids and then how many because I think in my mind, it's like, okay, whether it be by choice or not, you know, life happens. If I'm in a position of raising kids by myself, what would that look like? How would I feel about it? And so I think my mindset was like, okay, like, yeah, I could, but if I don't, I think I'm okay with that too. Um, and then as far as how many, it was more of, okay, well, how, how many could I realistically take care of by myself? So, yeah, I think those are the biggest factors. What about you, Samaria? Well, I I think a big factor, um, like with having kids or how many kids to have is like age for me. So I don't want to uh, be having kids at a certain age, but also like the number of kids is heavily influenced, just like um, Angela said, by my family. Like I grew up, um, I have three siblings, uh, and we kind of grew up in pairs. And so I have like a really deep uh, love and appreciation for the whole sibling thing. And mm-hmm. this could very well change. I'm aware of that because like I said, age is a, a factor. But yeah, I think age and um, the type of family I grew up in really have a huge influence on how many I would want to have in the future. Okay, okay. So Angela, after having your daughter... At what point did you realize that, okay, I'm good with just having one? So, so many reasons. Um, (laughs) We're tuning in, girl. I want to hear. (laughs) And it's not even like negative. It's more just, so my daughter definitely spoiled us as parents. Like she was, my pregnancy was easy, you know, labor and delivery delivery was relatively easy um every milestone I mean relatively easy so I see you know cousins around me and that second child like will rock your world (laughs) well that's one big reason (laughs) like you never it's a like it's a toss-up so you never know you know if my child spoiled us so who knows how my next child would be. Um, And then also like my husband and I kind of agreed that if by five that we, she was five, sorry, that we didn't have any more kids and that would kind of be too big of a spread to start all over. So, I mean, mind you, I did go still back and forth. I was like, all right, babe, like let's make a pros and cons list for like the 20th time. (laughs) But um. I mean, the time went on and she's just been very independent and we still have a lot of our freedom. So 
we just yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're on the internet. They're calling it a a trick baby, which is so funny to me because an older person. So I saw this thing where they're like, "Oh, this is a trick baby because they're so good that they'll like trick you into having another one." And this older woman commented and was like. That's interesting because back in my day, this is not what a trick baby was. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. You know what a trick baby used to be, right, the ocean? Uh-uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it would be like a, a woman tricking a man into having a baby. Like, oh, you know, okay. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So that's what a trick baby used to be. It's not what it is anymore. A trick baby is Angela's daughter. <laughs> wow. It, but you know what? I feel like, as a mom of one child as well, that also just hearing other people's experiences. So you talked about yourself, Angela, just seeing other cousins and things. I feel like even the feedback from other moms and parents, if you do kind of have it easy in certain ways, they'll say things like, oh, well, you know, when that second one comes, it's going to be X or, you know, so also not the most positive in terms of pumping you up to do the experience again it has you thinking like oh I had it easy on this area do I really want to go it's like oh I had a good pregnancy it's like oh well the second one might wipe you out and it's like maybe it won't yeah (laughs) don't be speaking that negativity into my life (laughs) like sheesh and then on the age gap thing I can relate too because as they get older and more independent do you really want to start all over I met someone within the last year um they had like almost an 18 year age gap in between their last child. It was a serious miracle baby. Wow! <laughs> and I just remember staring at him like, how? <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. So Samaria, when we were talking about in your head, you're kind of like, oh, okay, this is, these are the ages that make sense. Mm-hmm. Even just for your own self and body and life experience of kind of going through motherhood at a certain stage. Cause you're also aging as well. Yeah. And, you know, I I want that I in my head. I want the time to, like, just have my body back to myself, you know? Like, I don't <laughs> I don't want to be having kids over, I don't know, like a 20-year or 15-year span. Um, I think that'll be a lot. But also, I've never attempted to have a child. So you just never know what, you know, could happen, what the possibilities are. Uh, but I would say, Angela, I, I love your story because um, I think some people think, okay, I'm going to have this family. This is how it has to be. And then get there and maybe like try to force whatever image it was that they had before, as opposed to like looking at circumstances and what their desires are. Like our desires change at different points in our life. So I love that you were in tune with that, you know, and, and decided to make a decision not based on, okay, well, I've always wanted this. So it has to fit into my current life. Right. Right. I mean, when you're up at 3 a.m., like going over life, your desires definitely can change. <laughs> like, I mean, the baby will do it. Yeah, <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> uh, okay. So how does your daughter feel about being an only child if you've had those conversations? Like, does she have feelings around having a sibling or has she ever? And um, then how do you feel about, well, I'll stop there. Just um, how does your daughter feel about being an only child and does she have feelings about wanting a sibling? Yeah, so really just like us, um, 
her feelings have changed over time. I mean, I feel like when kids are so little, you know, everybody loves babies, you know, even if she's like four and she's like, you know, I want a little sister or little brother. And sometimes she would draw like pictures with like a little person in my stomach. So (laughs) she was campaigning. (laughs) Hint, hint. But um, (laughs) yes, so that was just an idea in her head. I think from even seeing her friends with younger siblings or, you know, being out and about and seeing the babies. But when it comes down to it, so my daughter has come, like I've been in childcare for a long time. So oftentimes she'll come with me and, you know, once she sees a, a two-year-old or a, a baby in action, she's just like, you know, like, ah. mm. like oh, I don't know. Or even if she had friends come over, um, she likes kind of her things just so. So to have someone come and like mess up her stuff, I mean, <laughs> she, over time, she kind of became, you know, maybe accepted the fact that she didn't want to have a sibling anymore and everything was for her so <laughs> yeah. it changed over time for sure so she kind of got to have her own space do you think so with the with the drawing and her her campaign at a younger age did that have any impact on your decision um no <laughs> i mean if we're being honest like she doesn't she's just seeing like oh a baby i don't think she she cannot really process you know, baby might be in her room, you know, sharing her room and getting up at all hours or just any, any big difference in the household in general. So as her being a kid, I mean, she doesn't, I don't think she would really understand a big decision like that. So, and, you know, we have to think about other factors like grandparents, you know, we have a good support system. They're getting older. How are they going to do with like two young children, you know, watching them or something like that so no we didn't really let her influence our decision to be honest so no it's, <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because I've heard moms and dads say things like oh so-and-so's asking for a sibling I feel the need to give them one or I w- I've even heard I want to gift give the gift of a sibling to my child. Mm-hmm. And um, that I don't know, that's just always interesting to me because I've always felt like kids don't fully understand what they're asking for. Yeah. But then on the flip side, uh, being that I have a sibling myself, but I'm an adult now, I am very grateful to have a sibling. So I don't know, I see it both ways, but I don't think I understand like oh, okay like I'm gonna have a whole nother human just for my child right for somebody who's not contributing to any hospital bills who won't be doing the feedings who's probably going to be knocked out when we're doing the feedings like or even just like more chaos and commotion because it changes the dynamic of the household so I don't know I I understand the the, the idea of it but I also feel like as a mom and as a dad that having a child is such a huge responsibility and life change in terms of expanding your family. I don't know that that should be like in the top reasons, but I don't know. That's just my opinion. I I completely agree. I mean, I don't really like 
to me that doesn't um it doesn't make sense that you're you would be gifting your your child you know with another child I just don't it sounds cute or it looks like cute in pictures but I feel like the behind the scenes get a little different than that but I don't know that's just my view yeah exactly I don't know Angela my experience has been that people can be very vocal about encouraging you to have more kids one to just have kids but then to have more kids uh obviously that's a decision that is between a husband and a wife but one have you had that experience and if so how do you manage the pressure in the comments from other people uh because I think that having just one child or choosing to have no children um is I don't know if taboo is the right word but it's definitely something people have a whole lot to say about. Absolutely. Still, even like my daughter, I said she's 10. I mean, I still have family and other friends asking when we're going to have another, all these things. This has been, I feel like, since she came home from the hospital. So absolutely, people have always, always asked. And and she's the only um, grandchild for both sides. So that was definitely more pressure. Um, but my husband and I are very much like we are making the decisions. So it doesn't it like people's comments don't really affect me. I don't really feel the pressure because I literally know it's only us that's going to be making this big decision for our household. Um, and I know a lot of a lot of friends even ask us the same thing like how does it feel I know your parents are asking and it I it does not phase me one bit (laughs) like those comments and concerns kind of just roll off my back so Mm -hmm. no pressure here (laughs) was there uh just a quick question was there any uh like pressure to like before having your daughter any pressure for children mm-hmm. then, or um, is it just the pressure came kind of after she was born and people wanted her to have a sibling? Oh, it was definitely after she was born. Um, and once, like I said, you said a trick baby, so she tricked everybody. So everybody was ready for her to have a sibling. So yeah, it definitely came after she was born. <laughs> okay. Got you. Yeah. I, I asked because I know people, like those are the two things like, um, well, I guess there are a lot of things when it comes to women. It's like, as soon as you get in a relationship, when is the marriage going to happen? Once the marriage happens, when are the kids going to happen? When is the next child? And when is the next child? And and all of that stuff. So uh, yeah, that's why I um, I thought to, to ask that. I wanted to say too that um, before I became a mom, I was always kind of taken back when people would ask people like, oh, when are you going to have a baby or ask married couples, when are you going to have a baby or have kids or have more kids? And after going through the process, I'm even more surprised that especially women pressure other women so much about having children, especially now that I've experienced firsthand how much work and everything that goes into it, as well as, um, I mean, obviously before having a baby, I understood fertility, but after going through the process, I feel like I understand it even more and just how much is outside of our control 
in the whole process. Um, and so, yeah, I'm even more surprised by how many women ask and pressure other women. And I think it it comes from a good place, but you just never know. Like some of sometimes it's by choice and sometimes it's not. And I feel like as women, as we progress throughout womanhood, we know what goes into having children. And so I think if it if we want more, we know what to do to have more. And if we don't, then it's probably something else going on. So I don't know. It's very strange hearing women pressure other women about having more children, even when it comes from a good place. And I feel like every day, like there was a YouTuber that Samira and I follow, she just put out a video talking about her infertility struggles uh, that she's just found out about. And she basically put out a PSA, like, okay, as women, can we stop questioning and pressuring women about having children it could be a personal choice which is very very important or it could be out of their control Mm -hmm. and so yeah I know for me I'm used to the pressure of it because I'm also in this season too of like once you have a kid it's like when's the next one when's the next one but I'm also like I really wish as women this is something we would just let go of like let's leave that in 2022 please (laughs) (laughs) agree And I will say, even like with the infertility piece, uh, some people, you know, have their first child and that that works out just fine. But then subsequent children, you know, they might run into some issues. So even mm-hmm. if they've had a, a child, you know, just be mindful that there could be a whole lot of other things going on <laughs> that mm-hmm. might prevent another child from coming. So just remain sensitive. And, you know, if all else fails, if you could just mind your business, that'll be that'll be a great route to take. Period. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, Angela, have you had anybody um, kind of like get out of pocket who you've had to check and like how did you go about checking them about the whole you know children or having more children thing? Um, our moms, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know you have to. I think every people just think like, oh, it's like the right thing to do or it's the natural next step. And I mean, I just don't feel that way. So I won't say they got out of pocket or anything, but definitely asking multiple times over the years. And you just have to just make them aware that that's just not what we're doing. Um, and, you know, I get it. Like I said, she's the only grandchild for both sides. So, you know, they do want more, but I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. I don't know where you're going to get it from. Right. <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of funny. Mm. <laughs> okay. So thinking back to when your daughter was younger and even now, are there things that you think you do specifically because she's an only child or was there a shift in the things you did once you realized, okay, I won't be expanding the family? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there was ever a shift um, because we weren't really, I guess we weren't really ever planning for that to begin with. It was kind of, yeah, we weren't just planning specifically to have another one. So I don't know if there was a shift, but um, I mean, her being an only child, we kind of just move kind of freely with her. So doing whatever she wants within reason, I mean maybe that makes for a spoiled child but you know 
um you could do like you can just move like easier and travel here or you know yeah. Like I said, with grandparents, being able to watch her easily. So I don't know if that's maybe specifically because she's an only child, because I don't have any other experience, but I feel like she made things easier for us. Um, and her getting, like I said, getting whatever she wants, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> do you uh, do you feel like when she was younger, you maybe had to like set up um, like play dates or get her into school earlier or anything like that so that she was around other kids? Yeah, we definitely, um, so I was able to stay home with her for her until she started school. Um, so it was kind I would like semi-crucial for us to be able to get out and about and for her to be around other kids and even other adults. So we definitely made sure to um, sign her up for like, local classes for the toddlers you know so she would have some instruction other than her parents um and mom groups and library just stuff like that so she would be around other children and be able to like sharing was such a big thing so <laughs> being able to be around other children and other adults like in a position of authority I think was a big a big deal for us when she was younger mm. I want to ask you about the sharing piece because I have followed too many people <laughs> on social media, but there was a post that I saw that was almost, I don't want to say discouraging, you know, parents from telling their kids to share, but just being like, okay, as an adult, sometimes I don't want to share my food. And so <laughs> um, why am I in, in imposing on this child <laughs> that they have to share all of their things with other people so I actually want to get both of your thoughts on it I had never not to say that that's something that now I want to do and be like oh you don't have to share but I had just never thought about sharing in that way and you know like how you train up a child is a lot of times the way that they um it, it sticks with them as they're going into like adolescence and then adulthood and all of that. So what are you guys mm. thoughts on this idea of you don't have to share? Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> is that you saying, no, you don't. I, I'm just, I, I have never heard this. Um, Girl, I had it either. And I saw it and I was like, you know what? It probably hit home for me because I don't like to share my food. <laughs> Sounds like I me. Mean, who does? Now I feel <laughs> obligated because somebody told me when I was a kid that I had to share things. Yeah. I don't I know. Think... I I feel like it's one of those things where as their brain develops, right, they start to understand nuance. And that's something that comes along later in life. So I think from an early age, like when they're a toddler, like my child is a toddler, it's very much like instructional. You're just getting them to follow instructions, very basic. And then over time, it evolves for them to understand nuance. I will say, though, that what I've heard from parents of old, older children is that <laughs> they start to teach them to share, but the stuff that they want to share, meaning like if you know you have little Billy who's rough on toys, who's coming from down the street to play with you this afternoon, put up your expensive toys or put up the stuff that you're okay with breaking. 
Yeah. I've heard parents give that instruction, but these children are, are older, you know, 10 or tweens or whatever. So they have an understanding of, in general, you should share, but if you don't want your stuff broken or taken or... Yeah, you know, you know your little friends. It's okay to <laughs> set boundaries. Yeah, you're you're teaching them how to set boundaries, but can you do that with a two year old? I don't think so. I don't know. You tell me, Angela. You got more years in the game than me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think a toddler. I mean, they're definitely not going to understand that what you just explained. Um, but I think, I mean, just like if you're hosting a play date, you can't just be like. Oh, it's mine, 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 mine. I don't want to share. I mean, because everything there is yours. So I think it is like, it's definitely essential to, you know, kindly, you know, express about um, taking turns or you can have it for this amount of time and then they can share. So I I don't, I don't, you, you said you're watching the video of them saying, you know, you don't have to share. I don't want to share. Like, <laughs> I don't really agree with that, but yeah, yeah they, they definitely need to, to learn, you know, obviously once they get in school, I mean, everyone's going to have access to everything. So you don't want to be getting calls every day because they didn't want to share or they had a tantrum because of this and they didn't share, you know? So I did, I just thought of one scenario where I think this thought process does make sense. So something that I've heard Oh, recently, I think with younger parents, so millennials, is that we're starting to teach our children that you don't always have to listen to adults or that adults aren't always right. And Ooh. the thought process is that from a young age, we kind of instill this sense of fear from all adults in terms of authority. And then children can get taken advantage of or things can be happening to them but they're afraid to speak up because it's just been like oh you listen to adults or authority they're always right and from a younger age we're teaching our children like okay yes adults you give them respect but if you're uncomfortable or something's wrong mm -hmm. you need to speak up so mm -hmm. that's where I've kind of heard that logic of just being mindful of what you're instilling in your children from a young age and how as they get into adolescence and adulthood how they can hold on to this very rigid way of thinking in terms of direction from authority mm. so that's I've heard it in that instance but not necessarily on the sharing thing yeah. I'm, I'm glad you explained that because the way that you phrased it initially the African in me was scared like I was like whoa <laughs> I could, I don't know if that'll work in my, in my community, but it sounds yeah. nice, but no, yeah, well, I, I get it. Yeah. I think the thought process is like, in general, yeah. you should be taking direction from adults, but under these circumstances or parameters, it is okay to speak up, you know, defend yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and don't think that you're in a place, at least from a child's perspective, where you could be getting hurt by an adult and right. it's okay because they're an adult. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> so Angela, um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on stereotypes of only children because I know from what I've heard in terms of having an only child is people just speaking negatively about what they think only children are, how they're going to be, um, 
what you're doing to them by not giving them a sibling. So what are yeah. your thoughts if, on that? If I could add on to this question, just oh. because Miosha and I had a very detailed conversation about <laughs> this, doing our Married at First Sight review, mm -hmm. because one of the characters on there is an only child. And I think that that impacted him very negatively. Um, but I also know other only children who haven't been impacted in the way that he seems to be. So yeah, I'm just really interested in this answer because of our Married at First Sight discussion. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, what I usually hear is that like they grow up socially awkward or they have um, kind of issues fitting in because they're used to being alone or I mean, it's not like we have a child and like throw her in the basement with one toy. Like she's <laughs> like she's around people. Um, she, like I said, we we did our best to you know get her um, social at the library and around other kids in mom group. And um, for me, I think it also fosters her independence. Like she. She does end well, she's older now, but she did independent play very well. And um I really those it also depends on the parents. Like, are you having this child and then are they by themselves? Like, are you being super overprotective so that they don't experience things? So I mean, we we don't really do that to her. Like she, she is pretty independent. She also can um, express herself to a point. Um, and I mean, I don't think she's weird. I mean, y'all would have to tell me. So we're <laughs> 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 doing okay. <laughs> yeah, I think you're doing more than okay. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I I think that who people evolve into being is just a culmination of a lot of life experiences. And I see it both ways where most of the people I know have siblings. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I think it just depends on a lot of things and, you know, life experiences and choices at the end of the day, because we all have things in our childhood that kind of shape us into the people that we are. But then we get into adulthood and have many more experiences. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't see the stereotypes around only children to ring true as often as I think some people make it seem. Only because I see a lot of these traits in people who have siblings. <laughs> so uh, that too, that too. <laughs> Y'all have the, um, so what happened with this married at first sight man like what was what was going on with I mean he we later find out he got a whole lot going on so I, th I think he he, <laughs> he can't even talk right I, too many thoughts came in at once <laughs> yeah but um oh. he he was talking about you know how he's just never had to share space with anybody and um oh wait and he's 40 but he's let's... 40 years old yes so and so okay. um so he's never had to share space with anybody uh I think it was also something with him like you know just dealing with people in his space but also working through a like, conflict a little bit 
And I was like, oh, maybe having siblings would have helped him. But Miosha also pointed out that, yeah, but if you leave the house at 18, he's had so many years to experience mm -hmm. other people being in his space or sharing space with, you know, others. And if he hasn't done that, it's probably just a him thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we just found out a lot more about him and that there's just a lot more going on. Um, it, yeah, I do think that you're, you're right, Samaria, that like having the experience of a sibling, I think, of course, it's different than being raised alone. But I think once we're so far into adulthood, at least from my experience, me being in my 30s now, I've been away from home yeah. as long as I was at home. <laughs> so mm. it's like, yeah, the culmination of both of those experiences, maybe even more so about how I grew and developed in my early adulthood than my childhood. A lot of stuff I can barely even remember at this yeah. point. So. Yeah. And I also think to Angela's point, it's a, about intentional parenting too. So yeah, we're not locking our daughter in the basement. Like she has <laughs> social interactions, you know, like there's opportunity for conflict at play dates. There's, you know, so um, yeah, I think that has a huge role. Also, I will say too, and I don't know if I'm reaching here, but I would imagine that raising an only child today in 2023 is not the same as raising a child in like 1989 mm -hmm. just because the resources are different the access to information that we have is different yeah. and so I'd imagine that those experiences are not quite the same I think mm -hmm. I mean we're global we're much more communal in terms of like the way that we're moving around uh I just imagine that that experience is different, but maybe I do need to have a conversation with my mom <laughs> to hear about, you know, if she knew someone raising an only child at that time and what that would have been like. Um, so just to end things off, uh, do you have like any advice or resources for mothers of only children that you think would be helpful? Oh, of course. Um, so heavy on like the library meetups and story times, like all local libraries have stuff for for toddlers, as far as I know. I mean, like I said, I've been doing childcare for a long time and they're all over. So take advantage of that. Um, use social media to find a mom or parent group that you that you like or that's local to your area or that anything, just stuff like that to get out with your kids. I mean, it's it's good for you, obviously, to be able to talk to other moms and like, you know, possibly meet um, other moms with similar interests or anything. And then of course it's good for the, the kids. Um, and like advice, I mean, there's no like right way to parent for real. So you may not ever be ready for real, but just do it. I don't know. Just do it your way. Like, like I said, let the comments of everyone on the outside roll off your back. And just do the best you can with what you got. Period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So we are going to jump into our next segment, which is girlfriend check-in. And this is a segment where we pick a question from a website or a conversation starter game and get each other's thoughts on it. So today's question is pretty fun, I think. And mm -hmm. it is, what are your thoughts on online dating and or Tinder? 
Mm. Those are two different things, I feel like. <laughs> you know, like Tinder is its own. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of success on Tinder. I don't yes, know. but in general. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I guess you do kind of hear negative things, but I mean, in my opinion, it's it's hard to just like, are you going to a bar and oh, there's someone who happens to be the perfect person for you. Like the chances are pretty low, I assume for that. Like um, we're busy now. We have all this access to all this technology. So I am totally for online dating. As long as you do your best to vet the people as I guess as much as you can, um, I'm all for it. Okay. Yosha, okay. <laughs> you want to go next? Mm, okay. So in general, I feel like I am still for online dating. Okay. Um, but I do think what shifted my opinion about it is there's this like life dating coach, somewhere you've heard of him, Tony Gaskins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like him. Um, I feel like he gives good solid advice, but he was saying that he feels like women should steer clear of online dating in 2023 because he said that that's like the number one place where a lot of men who are either socially awkward or have questionable situations or circumstances, like it's a very easy place for them to date and potentially strike gold. And so I don't know, I... I really respect his opinion. He coaches a lot of people. Uh, He is a man, married man himself. And so I know one person shouldn't affect fully how I feel about it, but I don't know. (laughs) He had a whole lot to say and it just wasn't very positive in terms of being, you know, in terms of protecting women who are dating in those spaces. And he brought up a lot of good points. Like if you are going to do it, your vetting has to be, next level yeah. because it's like yeah you may run into some weirdos just randomly at a coffee shop or at school or whatever but this is a place where a lot of them are so to sift through yeah can be an issue so I in general I feel like I am for it for the reasons that Angela said but I'm like if Tony Gassens is telling the <laughs> girls no <laughs> I don't know. I really respect his opinion. I don't know. Samaria, what I, I, you know, socially awkward people need love too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I feel like this is a yes and no for me. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to an interview that Essence Atkins did, the actress. I don't know if you guys know. Oh yeah. From mm-hmm. Smart Guy, Half and Half. Uh, yeah. So she met her first husband well, her only husband, because she hasn't remarried, (laughs) but she met her husband on Match.com, I think she said. Mm. And so I think she was saying back then, it was very taboo. Like people weren't doing it and people were looking at her crazy. Like, girl, your essence acting. You can't find somebody in person. Like, why are you going on this like online dating site to find somebody? And so I think we've evolved from that state Mm -hmm. of mind to where we are now. And so I think it's more acceptable. I think the only maybe downside is that there are so many options that people 
start treating people like options. You know, like there's not really like a, the decorum around just how, how you treat people is <laughs> yeah. it's really you know sunk um so yeah I think that's the only downside but I I think it's cool I'm not I'm not a dating site person or uh, like a dating app person but that's just me and I realize that there are people in our generation who definitely are and mm-hmm. I think that's that's great that they have yeah I've heard success like I know people who've gotten married who've Mm-hmm. at their person on tinder so yeah it works for some people Little yeah and I, maybe Sorry. there's just love there's <laughs> just levels like you mentioned earlier that tinder is different from match and right bumble and you know so maybe yeah. it's the platform too and just who's attracted to which which place and the vetting so i i, I do agree with tony on that like vetting is so important because there are people on these apps and I know this from like friends experiences who will love bomb you and then just like disappear and so you really have to be able to cut through the okay this person is telling me everything that I want to hear versus Mm -hmm. this is the person this is actually them as a person uh so yeah Mm -hmm. well those are our thoughts on (laughs) on (laughs) online dating and tinder but Angela thank you so so much for gracing us with your presence and for talking about you know raising an only child and your experience with that I think it was very insightful um Mm -hmm. and thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the girlfriends and goals podcast Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Girlfriends and Goals Podcast to share your thoughts on this topic, either the dating one or, you know, only child rearing. (laughs) Is that how you say that? (laughs) Only child rearing. (laughs) That sounded strange. Anyway, if you haven't subscribed already, please go ahead and do that now. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. Until next time. Bye. Bye.